Hi, I'm Dahlia Rose, and this is Kinky Facts You May Not Have Known. This podcast does contain adult content, and it is not suitable for minors, and it's definitely not safe for work. Listener discretion is advised. This week, I'm shaking up the schedule. Instead of kinky laws, I'm going to be discussing Liberace. Kinky Laws will premiere next Monday, so until then, let's enjoy learning about the famous pianist Liberace. I sure hope I say this right. Valazio Valentino Liberace was born May 16, 1919 in West Ellis, Wisconsin to Salvatore Liberace and Francisca Zuwiska. I hope I said that right. <laughs> Liberace was one of a set of twins, however, his brother died during childbirth. He had three surviving siblings, two brothers, George and Rudy, and one sister, Angelina. Liberace came from a very musical family. His father played the French horn in bands and movie theaters, and he encouraged his children to take up instruments. His mother was a concert pianist before her marriage and family life took up her time. Liberace started playing the piano at the age of four and was considered a child prodigy, being able to memorize complex pieces of music and performing them flawlessly. He also had the ability to play by ear, replicating songs he heard his siblings play. By the age of eight, he met his mentor, Ignacy Jan Paderewski, a famous Polish pianist who Liberace always paid homage to. In his teenage years, Liberace played piano in clubs, movie theaters, symphonies, and classical music competitions throughout the Midwest. However, because his name was quite the mouthful, to make himself more stage-friendly, Liberace performed under the name Walter Busterkees. In the 1940s, he decided to take a cue from his mentor and started going by his last name only for his performances. In his personal life, his friends and family called him Lee or Walter. Throughout his early career, he played with the Chicago Symphony at the age of 20 and was praised for his flair and showmanship during competitions. His national exposure came in the mid to late 1940s. He was performing in nightclubs in major cities and had contracts with the Statler and Radisson hotel chains. Liberace became a household name when his television show, The Liberace Show, debuted in 1952. It was the first syndicated show on television, and episodes lasted approximately 15 minutes. However, the show was very popular, even in more demand than I Love Lucy. During the first two years of his show, Liberace earned approximately $7 million. He wanted to gain even more popularity, so it wasn't uncommon for him to make live appearances and shows. In 1956, at Madison Square Garden, he played to a crowd of 16,000 people. At the height of the Liberace show, viewership was at 30 million viewers, and he would receive upwards of 10,000 fan letters per week. 
After his show ended, Liberace went on a world tour playing in Cuba, Europe, and playing with performers such as Sammy Davis Jr. and Nat King Cole. Liberace said the highlight of his European experience was meeting Pope Pius XII. Despite successful European tours, Liberace found his career had been declining since 1957. In an effort to regain his previous popularity, he appealed to his fan base by playing in small-town supper clubs and television promotional appearances. On November 22, 1963, Liberace had a brush with death when he suffered kidney failure from inhaling excessive fumes from his costumes, which had just been newly dry-cleaned. Later, he recounted that being woken up by his entourage saved his life. The reason they woke him up was to give him the news that JFK had been assassinated. After his brush with death, Liberace, being told that his condition was fatal, started spending his money buying friends' houses, furs, and jewelry. That is, until the doctors were proven wrong and he recovered. After he recovered, he came back stronger than he had been previously. He upped the glamour and glitz that he's associated with today. He proclaimed himself to be Mr. Showmanship in a one-man Disneyland. This is when he started making his costumes more eccentric by adding feathers, capes, fur, and huge cocktail rings. It's no secret that Liberace lived a lavish lifestyle. He designed and built his first mansion in Sherman Oaks, California. This was his famous piano-themed home, complete with a piano-shaped swimming pool. With his flamboyant and eccentric outward appearance, much like Freddie Mercury, he was very conservative about his private life. There were rumors that Liberace was gay, however, he always denied it. He even won lawsuits for libel against magazines who claimed the artist was a homosexual. Like many other gay or bisexual stars of this era, it's hard to know if Liberace was homosexual or bisexual. He was quoted as saying he preferred mature women. He was even linked to celebrities such as our dear Betty White, who claimed that she was a beard for public appearances to counteract the rumors of his sexuality. It has been reported that some of his lovers included Rock Hudson, Dorothy Malone, Carrie James, and Scott Thorson. The last one might sound vaguely familiar, and we'll get to why in a minute. Liberace enjoyed his life in the public eye. His final public appearance was at Radio City Music Hall on November 2, 1986. His final television appearance was on December 25, 1986, on a pre-taped episode of The Oprah Winfrey Show. Little did anyone know, Liberace had been diagnosed HIV positive in August 1985. He did provide a hint to his declining health in an interview on Good Morning America a year later as he said, quote, How can you enjoy life if you don't have your health? Sadly, on February 4, 1987, at the age of 67, Liberace passed away in Palm Springs, California. His cause of death was first reported as anemia, emphysema, and heart disease by his personal physician. However, after his autopsy, the Riverside County coroner claimed 
quote, a deliberate attempt had been made to hide the actual cause of his death by doctors, his manager, and Liberace's own family. The postmortem revealed Liberace did have emphysema and coronary artery disease from years of chain smoking. However, his official cause of death was pneumonia due to complications from AIDS. It has been noted that Liberace had been HIV positive and symptomatic from his diagnosis until his death. After his death, several of Liberace's former alleged lovers were also diagnosed with HIV. Carrie James Wyman, his alleged lover of seven years, died in 1987 at the age of 33. Another alleged lover, Chris Alder, claimed after Liberace's death, the pianist had infected him with HIV. Alder died in 1990 at the age of 30. One of his most famous alleged love affairs was with a young man by the name of Scott Thorson. Mr. Thorson was a chauffeur and alleged live-in lover for five years. When he was dismissed from his service, Thorson sued Liberace for $113 million for palimony. During the court case, Liberace continued to deny allegations of his homosexuality. The case eventually settled out of court with Thorson receiving a $75,000 cash settlement as well as three cars and three pet dogs. Mr. Thorson said after Liberace's death, he chose to settle because he knew the pianist was dying. According to Thorson, Liberace was a boring guy who enjoyed cooking, playing with his dogs, and decorating. Although he had several decorative and ornamental pianos in his home, he never played them. There is a fascinating movie starring Michael Douglas as Liberace and Matt Damon as Scott Thorson called Behind the Candelabra that tells the alleged story of their relationship. If you're interested in seeing it, I highly recommend it. I saw it a few years ago on HBO. Liberace will always be known as an eccentric pianist and for his flamboyant costumes and epic performances. It's no wonder he's been inspiration for musicians throughout the 20th century. This has been Kinky Facts You May Not Have Known with Dahlia Rose. If you'd like more kinky facts, please feel free to follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Kinky Facts Podcast. That's all one word. To contact me with kinky facts suggestions, please email me at kinkyfactspodcast at gmail.com. If you liked my podcast, please subscribe to be informed of new weekly episodes and reviews are also helpful. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll come back soon.